The Man in Line, brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com, your one-stop shop for advice on renewable energy solutions and other green initiatives. Faster My, good afternoon. Just after midday on Thursday, the 19th of January, this is Manx Radio's Man in Line. Just on FM, Timwald members are sitting on their second day this month, and it is Beth looking after things for Andy while he's on holiday. Anything you want to talk about this lunchtime? Maybe pick up on some of the things we heard about on yesterday's programme when we were live from QE2. Some really thought-provoking comments from some of the Year 12 and 13 students there. Their thoughts on Manx politics was quite interesting, I thought. Maybe you want to talk gas bills, gritting. Did you have any issues this morning? Whatever is on your mind. 66 13 68 is the number to call. Alex Brindley is ready and waiting to talk to you. You can also text me, 166 studio at manxradio.com is the email. You can find us on WhatsApp as well, 07624 166 But first of all, I just want to talk about a couple of appeals that we've had to reach people here in the Isle of Man. Uh, have a listen to this answer phone message, which was left on 682631. G'day, my name is Pearl Kelly. I have lost contact with my best friend, Anne Kelly, in the Isle of Man, she lives in Ramsey, but I've lost her mobile phone number. If possible, could someone please ask Anne to get in touch with my two brothers, Neville and Noel, and leave her mobile phone number with them because I'd really love to say happy birthday to her next month. Thank you so much. I hope you can help me. Okay, hope you can help. That's Pearl looking for Anne Kelly. If anyone does know of Anne's whereabouts, do get in touch because I've got Pearl's number to pass on. And we've also had a message looking for Donald Brown in Foxdale, and this is from his brother, Alan. So if you are Donald or know him again, please get in touch. uh, Let me know and hopefully we can put them in contact. Now let's go to something that we just heard about in the news there. That's the motorcycle instructor who says he's lost weeks of work because of bad weather conditions. Charles Williams is the owner of Manx Motorcycle Tuition and says icy roads in December and again this week have really impacted his business and his finances. He believes the Department of Infrastructure should be actively gritting to prevent motorists having issues on the roads. I actually lost quite a lot of work at the beginning of December. We probably lost at least... It was pushing two weeks back in December, and now it's happened again this week. At the Old Castle Town Road, which was just complete sheet ice. I jumped out my car, took pictures. I actually sent the pictures to the test centre, and one of my colleagues up at the test centre actually got onto the DOI. And I actually got an email back from the DOI stating that the Old Castle Town Road is not classed as a major route. So you don't actually grip that road, which I could not get my head around, because obviously if Richmond Hill is blocked, the only way in to Douglas from south is the old Castletown Road. And I work there every day, and the sheer volume of traffic coming on the old Castletown Road is just crazy. On Monday, I actually went out on a scouting lap. There's an old gentleman lives in like a little cottage on the corner. Now, he must be in his late 70s, early 80s. And he was actually out with a shovel and a bucket of grit, putting it down on the corner so that cars wouldn't have accidents coming onto the main Castletown Road. Now, that, to me, is just ridiculous why he is doing that when the DOI should be gritting the road. Do you think the DOI should have been more prepared? Exactly. What happens is, because I'm a motorcycle instructor, I am sitting watching the weather religiously. 
And on Sunday, I think it was 2 or 3 p.m., there was an amber weather warning issued. So I got myself prepared for Monday for it. But yet when I went out on my scouting lap on Monday, half of the road had not been gridded. I've actually got a picture in the morning taking my son to school at quarter past eight, and the bottom of Bray Hill is sheet ice. Now, that to me is ridiculous. But after nine o'clock, when the accidents have happened and, you know, the people have complained about the grit, etc., they always come out when it's too late. You should prepare. If you gritted back to back the day before or the evenings or through the night, there'd be no problem here. And people would not. I'm losing a lot of money. Because, you know, we all pay our taxes. We all pay our, our, our council tax, whatever. We, we pay so that this is sorted out. And yet I've lost a ridiculous amount of work in the past five, six weeks. That is Charles William, who owns a motorcycle instruction company. Some interesting thoughts there. We have approached the DOI and asked for an interview on this, or a statement at the very least, and they are hoping to get one to us as soon as they can. What do you make of what Charles had to say there? Interestingly, talking about gritting, I know this was an issue that was raised on Tuesday. We had some questions during the Man in Line asking why the gritters hadn't been out when actually they were out, uh, we were told, by the DOI at 2am and then out again at 5am. I guess the problem is if it rains, then the roads are going to ice over again. But what do you make of uh, the situation? Certainly this morning, if you were in the east of the island around the Laxey Onken area, I know there were issues around there. So be interested to find your thoughts. We've got some comments on DOI, which we'll come to in a little while. But let's go to the lines and join Julian. Good afternoon, Julian. Hi, Beth. Um, nice uh, weather out there. So some of those uh, icy conditions. Um, Got to be careful on the roads at the moment. Well, yes, it's certainly um, a little bit brighter than it was earlier, although some ominous looking clouds, but that yellow weather warning only in until one. So hopefully it'll all pass away. Yeah, um, I have a spare a thought for the residents in Tungula in Siberia, who I think yesterday broke all records at minus 62.7 Celsius. So Eek. I think um, don't you really want to go out in that. No, certainly wouldn't. What else would you like to talk about, Julian? Uh, yeah, um, just been looking at the paper, The Independent, and um, the case of the argument for choosing a choice for the assisted dying thing. Um, and as far as that goes, I think the choice to do it should be made very clear. Um, now, the reality of choosing assisted dying is that you're going to have to swallow around 400 tablets within five minutes and keep them down. Um, The reason for the high number is that within the lethal cocktail that you'll be given, for example, in Oregon, diazepam is given at a dosage of 1,000 milligrams. Can I I just stop? Sorry, June, can I just stop you? Is this this based on medical fact that you've been told by by somebody from a medical profession? Oregon, for example, as to what they actually give to people when when they request assisted dying. So this is in... Um, a, a, you know, a state that's mentioned on the online survey. So this is this is sort of the protocol that is used to do this. Okay, but so it's come from a medical point of view. That's what I'm asking. Oh yeah, this is just this is just what they say is uh, is what 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 the regimen is. So uh, effectively, what you have to do is a doctor has to give a prescription, and then the pharmacist gives you about 16 boxes of various different drugs. So, for example, diazepam, but because it's in 10 milligrams and you have to take a thousand, you have to take a hundred of those tablets. You're also given the likes of morphine sulfate, which is 3000 milligrams. And the biggest one that's manufactured is 50. So you have to take 60 of those and so on. 
And this method is used because it has to be done by the participant. So you can't inject it. And if a doctor injects it, that then changes it to euthanasia, which is outside the remit of the Assisted Dying Act, uh, which is why then you have to swallow all these tablets. Um, Another problem is um, that when people are, say, you know, towards the end of their life, the fight in them has depleted down, so they're less likely to put up a fight, you might say. Whereas if you take, for example, Oregon is reporting that some participants after taking this lot can take up to eight hours to pass away uh, with side effects ranging from burning all over, regurgitation, seizures, and then regaining consciousness. And there's a Canadian health law professor called Trudeau Lemons who worries that 35% of the participants doing this felt that they were a burden on the family, friends or society, and they have a self-esteem problem. And some of them are coming to the conclusion that it's actually an honourable thing to do this because it will give their life meaning, which is a a horrible way of, of sort of changing your mind. And Canada now has rocketed to number one country in the world for organ donation since 2016 when they first legalised it. So there are sort of all these knock-on things going on with this. So if they want to choose, it's not sort of all um, rose sort of, you know, you just go to sleep. This is not something that's, that's easy to, to do. No, appreciate what you're you're saying there, Julian. And as we, we keep on saying, when this subject comes up on the man in line, it is incredibly emotive. It's incredibly difficult. And I don't think anybody in, in that position would find it an easy one to make the decision. Um, but as we keep hearing, the, the checks and balances that would need to be put in place are extensive. So thank you very much indeed, Julian. Thank you for being uh, in touch with us this lunchtime. Um, we have got a comment from the Department of Infrastructure with regard to the situation in and around Onken this morning. They say the problems encountered were localised. Showers of hail and rain fell overnight onto treated surfaces, which washed away or diluted the salt. The temperature then dipped, causing the road surface to freeze. The problem was compounded by rain then falling onto that frozen road surface. Lots of thoughts from you on the DOI situation, um, including a texter saying here, the DOI lads do a great job, give them a break, just essential journeys and drive to the conditions. That's from Jeff. But then somebody else saying the Royal Avenue in Onken should have been closed this morning. It was so dangerous, especially at the top with the junction to Auburn Road. It didn't look like it had been gritted. Bring back more grit boxes in these sorts of areas, DOI. Um, There was another comment actually from Rachel who says, in her experience, the DOI has been very good and responsive to her queries and requests for roads to be gritted and bins to be filled. She says, I believe they're trying their best. And she was also told if it rains and temperatures are at freezing, the roads will freeze over again, even if they have been gritted. Let's go to line two and join Dodsey now. Good afternoon. Hello, Beth. You're right. I'm good. Time for a wind in the moon, I think. Oh, here we go. Go on then. I, I think we should go back to um, road tax, and I mean, road tax was before my time, before I was on the road. But with the amount of cars that's on the road now, there should be enough money in the pot to collect on the road tax, so that we can get these roads um, to a decent standard. I mean, I, I drive these roads every day on the island. I could name quite a few that could be, you know, done up by now. So. Why can't um, we have, say, like a minimum, say, five months, uh, not five months, five years of, say, of it being road tax? Because that's what we deserve as we're paying vehicle tax. Why can't that money go into, say, a pot for to fix the roads? 
and then when the roads are at a decent standard, go back to it being vehicle tax. Because if they can change it from one to another, why can't they do the same again? Interesting point there, Dodds. It is interesting working out where money that's collected in as, as revenue goes to. And we had a, a message earlier in the week from TJ asking about where the money goes from parking fines. And that is a question uh, just to TJ that I have asked a DOI and they are going to come back with a, a clearer response for me to to that. But I guess, you know, there's a lot of services to pay for, isn't there, Dodsey, and only a finite amount of money. So where does the priority lie, I guess? Well, the priority means getting the uh, the quality of the roads fixed. I mean, I'm just driving up, um, where am I? Uh, Drury Terrace right now, just before just at the top of um, Broadway, and the roads are right mess. You know, I mean, for the vehicle tax or the road tax that we pay, we can quite easily get, uh, you know, about three or four cars worth of, of tax and pay for the road. Well, they're decent cars, of course. Um, It's interesting, isn't it? We were talking about this actually in the office the other day, um, saying that obviously the roads are pretty much the same width that they've always been. The cars have got much bigger, more powerful, and I'm guessing that doesn't help the situation. Yeah, but it's the condition of the roads. I mean, I'm not bothered about how wide the roads are, but it's the width. uh, Sorry, it's the the actual ride quality. I mean, I'm sat by the... um, the zebra crossing at the moment and there's hardly any uh, of the skid stuff that's there, the anti-skid stuff and even the white lines white i mean the white lines it can't cost that much to put some white paint down on the roads and at the top of um i think it's the, the newcastle town road where the man cat sanctuary is they've had signs there that say that there's no uh, markings on the roads what's wrong again spending a few thousand of getting um getting the, the white paint on the roads you know okay good points thank you very much indeed for getting in touch Dodsey right, be yeah. careful on your way out there again now uh, 66 13 68 if you'd like to get in touch about anything else this lunchtime be great to talk to you The Man in Line brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com the world's leading carbon register and validation ecosystem. It is 12.23, just about. You are listening to The Man in Line here on Manx Radio. Lovely to have your company this lunchtime. 66 13 68 is the number to call to have a chat live on air. We have got Howard on line one, who's very kindly holding. He wants to talk about the reduction in the number of DOI staff over the past few years. And I just want to give you some information about that, first of all. The DOI workforce dedicated to maintaining the Islands Road network is two-thirds small than it was 10 years ago. That's according to the political member with responsibility for ports, Arbury, Castletown and Baloo MHK, Tim Glover. He provided this information during consideration of the DOI's department plan in Timwald this week. We could all cite roads in our constituencies that are substandard and and need work, but if I tell you that the actual uh, workforce in highways is now a third of what it was 10 years ago, you can see the problem. So the appeal is if you want to actually improve the roads on the island, it is money, it is investing in the Department of Infrastructure and the workforce to get these road schemes done. However, a lot of work has been done. We've had the company come in to address some of the problems with, this, uh, with some of the country of roads. With the surface dressing, that's appropriate to those roads as a a shorter but longer term fix than it would have been with just patching. So that work has been done. I would also 
a point to the constituency of Aaron Michael in the amount of uh, proper roadworks and improvements that have taken place in that constituency. So a lot of work is being done. That's the DOI political member, Tim Glover, MHK. I love that phrase, countryer. Uh, let's go to the lines now. Join Howard on line one. Thank you so much for waiting, Howard. How are you? Okay, Beth. Uh, fine, thank you. Um, no, just listen to Tim. and uh, He's very very much right in what he was saying. Um, let me put the time factor back to when the DOI or the Highway Board, as it was then, they were reducing the number of staff, and the staff were local staff, and weren't incoming contractors, but the local staff had a knowledge of the area they're working in, and the the roads, etc. They could judge what was there, and a lot of them knew the well, the springs and the little rivers and culverts, etc. But nowadays, the DOI. Um, They've got rid of, as Tim said, two-thirds of the workforce, which is two-thirds of the knowledge of the island's roads. For goodness sake, we've only got 600-mile of road in total, and that includes all the back lanes. That in the UK would only be a long skid. But the knowledge that's been destroyed by paying off these people within the workforce is invaluable. It's, It's gone. It's gone forever. Uh, the Colby Glen was the classic where the pub, where they'd done that corner, the double bend there. And I can remember one of the fellas says, we're in for trouble here. He said, they're blocking the, the stream that's running down through. And sure enough, the next winter, and uh, the well, the operators of the, uh, the Glen, Colby Glen will tell you it was flooded. And this is, you can't get rid of local knowledge. You can have all the computers that you want and some whiz kid working in an office somewhere. But you'll know yourself that old saying, R-I-R-O. Put rubbish in, you get rubbish out. And this is what's happening. They're relying too much on computers for repairs and workloads. But also at the same time, when this was coming about, the government of the time was saying that they had a huge black hole in the pension scheme, the public service pension scheme. And what was the easiest way to rectify a lump of that was to get rid of staff so that um, they didn't pay any insurance, national insurance. They weren't paying wages. They weren't paying into and they wouldn't have to pay out of a pension scheme. So that for, must have been near 10 years was a depletion of staff and the increase uh, in the security of the public sector pensions for the civil service. And then as soon as, um, well, this last election, 18 months ago, uh, Alf Cannon come in and a few of the others, there was a change of uh, the hierarchy. And it's amazing the number of people that were in the civil service at that time, high-ranking officers that jumped ship. So this is what it's the DOI is only part of it because we think of the roads. I'm sitting down the quayside here now and there's men working down the pier. There's men working at the airport, but they've got rid of a huge amount and brought in contractors who are working for next to nothing. And 
they don't have the local knowledge. Good points there, Howard. Thank you very much indeed. I suppose it's difficult, isn't it? There's a squeeze on everybody's finances and we know that government departments are asked to make savings. Um, People, the easiest thing to make savings on. I don't know. Uh, Line two now, we can join Frank. Good afternoon, Frank. Afternoon. Afternoon. I've just been... uh, Oh, Frank, sorry. I'm so sorry. Can I ask you to turn your radio down, please? We're just getting a bit of feedback there. Thank no, you. it's shopping and shopping and Douglas I'm talking to me, but yeah. He says the reason why the roads are they ran out of grit. So whether that's right or not, I don't know. Well, I can answer that question because we asked that question of the DOI on Tuesday and actually there was a, a question about the quality of grit. Somebody suggested there was a, a rumour that there was a poorer quality of grit being bought at the moment and that was categorically denied by the DOI. And the oh, they would do. Well, they say, I mean, they say they get it from the same company that they always have done. Um, but they also said that with regards to, to bringing it in, it's a capacity issue. So if we're low on grit, then they will re, um, resupply those, um, those grit bins. But uh, until that point, there's not like a, a massive stock, I suppose. Yeah, well, we haven't used any for the last two to three years, not very much. And they've had a big stock of Bolasola in a barn there. So I don't know where they put it. You know, so that, that's all I heard anyway. So we'll leave it, we'll leave it at that. Oh, lovely. Thank you so much, Frank. Good to talk to you. Thank you very much for getting in touch. Uh, line three, it's David. Hi, David. Hi, Beth. I just want to talk about the. I heard the minister, I'm sure it was the minister, Thomas, talking about the Liverpool landing stage. And I was confused. And I don't know about whether you're in newsroom or yourself or your other colleagues know what. What's the difference between it being amber and yellow? Uh, as a as a scheme or as a risk, because he was trying to say that well he's putting the the uh, buttering us up I think to say that it's going to cost more money for the Liverpool landing stage. I thought we'd bottomed that one out when they found out they had bombs in the in the in the Mersey and all the stuff that they had to do, and I'm a little bit confused on what he was trying to say, and I don't know whether he's had any uh, we've had any further stuff on that. For one. The other one is, too, regarding what Howard said about the workforce. Now, I remember when Mr. Kruger was being back as minister, and he categorically said he wanted to look at the area gangs again. And I, I believe that's the issue, is the area gang always knew when winter came and then summer came what to do. And we're missing, uh, like you say, the expertise or the stuff that's been brought down over the years to tell people what to do in those particular areas. And I did hear Mr. Um, Thomas again listening to Timmold, which sometimes is boring, but uh, sometimes good, um, <laughs> is that uh, where the road between Douglas, uh, which is from, say, the Parliament building up Woodburn Road and stuff like that, is going to be done. But the difficulty he's got is, he, A, he hasn't got the money, and B, he hasn't got the workforce to do it. And he was trying to say that if people want this done, there's going to be difficulties. And they're always going to be difficulties. But I remember Tony Brown saying this, you plan your difficulties at the right time of the year. All right. Okay, David, let me just take you back to the question regarding the Liverpool ferry terminal. My understanding, and I do stand to be corrected, is that amber is slightly closer to red. So it goes red, amber, yellow, green with regards to that. But in your opinion, if you were still a member of Timwood now, as you were some time ago, would you pay more for the ferry terminal to be done? Or would you prefer it to be de-scoped, as perhaps happened with the prom, to bring it within budget? 
Uh, possibly de-scoped, but the trouble is where I don't know where we are now at um, uh, the stage for development. And I wonder, and I'll put it out to the Everton fans there, I would think the Everton Stadium will be built before the landing stage. We shall see. David Quirk, as ever, thank you so much for joining us this lunchtime. 66 13 68, still plenty of time for you to get your opinions on anything you like this lunchtime uh, on air. Let's go to some of the texts and emails. Now, Sue, this is one which I'm imagining is slightly tongue-in-cheek. Regarding the assisted dying conversation, there's a definite need for reform, with recently surveyed Manx citizens overwhelmingly calling for change to assisted death. Clearly, this would help our economy and provide an income for the civil servant pension black hole. Furthermore, with all these new viruses about anyone with me or long covid would rest assured knowing that assisted suicide would be an option to explore is it just a manx rumor that doi sold some of their gritters a little while ago that's from malcolm there's another one malcolm that i'll ask the doi uh, were the gritters out last night where were they and this morning as lots of roads were wet and black ice was not difficult to foresee another example is doi mid- mismanagement two inches of snow and sub-zero and the island grinds to a halt uh, also wanted to talk about the doi is norman on line one good afternoon Hi, Beth. This is Norman. Um, I worked for the DOI for 32 years, and I could see this happening before. Like Howard was saying earlier, about they had this redundancy scheme 10 years ago, so they're a lot, a lot, a lot of knowledge and a lot of workforce, because that just went with them. And in those 32 years, what you used to have, when I started, you learned or shadowed the men that you worked with, and that's how you, you picked a lot of what you knew, uh, where to go, and what, you know, just to try and alleviate things. Um, they haven't got the, they haven't got that sort of workforce anymore. I so, want to though, you know, Norman, in your experience, having worked there for a long time, this perception that the Department of Transport, as it would have been, or DHPP as it would have been maybe during yeah. your time, that workers just don't really do anything, they're standing around, they're not really doing a great deal. I don't know whether that perception has changed a great deal over the years, because I think it was always the same, wasn't it? People just assume they're not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, people don't really know what was happening, really. They're only making the perception. Um, I think uh, most, most of those, well, I would say the majority of the workforce, did their job and they did it did it well and but it's interesting isn't it we're hearing a lot of criticism there is some praise but there is criticism for doi workers at the moment and for somebody who is putting their all in going out at all hours of the day yeah, because that is what right. happens yeah. it must be really I've, disheartening I've been there. yeah i've been there <laughs> yeah i've been there and you know i've been out all night and at that time you never i mean now the you, you get time off if you've been out all night uh, I've been out all night, and those years ago, you'd be out all night, and then you may have a couple of hours, and you'd be expected to go back in to do your day job. It's an interesting, isn't it? I should say yeah. my dad was in the um, department yeah. for a long time, and yeah, I remember those midnight calls out with a chainsaw to make sure that everything was was okay on the roads around the Isle of Man. And I just wonder whether the public sometimes understands what does go on. Yeah, I don't think they really do. Uh, and the other thing is. Each area had teams in them, like each parish. Uh, when you had this sort of weather now, uh, the foreman probably would come from the management, and if there was anywhere in their areas, like uh, people getting to school and all that sort of things, these were the first things they attended to. 
and also there was to be a, a, a small trailed dedicated um, machine for doing some gripping in that area. Okay, I mean, that's, that's all. That's all gone. Yeah, the, the okay. local the local knowledge thing's really interesting. Norman, really appreciate your call. Thank you so much. Yeah, Take I know care. your dad. Oh, I've been with him. I bet you do. All right, cheers, yeah. Norman. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Uh, that was Norman there. Um, let's go back to the lines, and we've got Nancy on line two. Good afternoon, Lance, Nancy. I just phoned because I'd left a message on the the, uh, out-of-hours phone, but it seems very pertinent to actually um, what you've just been talking about in the last three or four calls. And I lived in Yorkshire before coming here for 20 years, and over there, obviously, we got a lot of snow, and the winter was pretty, pretty awful. And what they used to do there, and I can remember a particular journey once I was going with my husband to Wakefield Station to pick my daughter up, and all along the country roads, the rural areas, the tractors belonging to the farmers were standing at the gate open, or near the opening of the fields, and they were waiting for the call from the government to get the grit and get out and start gritting. So it might just be an answer, a possible, a possible thought, I thought, I thought, to the problem here with not enough staff, plus the fact that um, it was mentioned, Howard mentioned about the uh, people not knowing the area. Well, the farmers know their areas, don't they? That's a really, really good idea, Nancy. And certainly, as you say, something that that used to happen. Um, yeah, no one's got local knowledge of the area like the farmers. Mm. And, and it worked and, and the, 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 there wasn't the trouble that we've been having here at all over there. And, you know, the, the, the snow would be three and four foot high and uh, and the ice and all the rest that went with it. Great suggestion. Nancy, thank you so much for taking the time to call us. You're very welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. That was Nancy there on line two. We've got 20 minutes or so, 66 13 68 if you'd like to get in touch. When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682 631. The Man in Line. Daily interaction, debate and exchange of ideas. Broadcast on Manx Radio. The Uh, Man in Line. Brought to you by NetZeroMatrix.com. Helping Isle of Man companies and citizens to understand net zero targets and a green future. Are we done? I think we are. Just reminding you, you are listening to The Man in Line here on Manx Radio. It's just gone at 12.40. Lots of texts and emails to get through, so let's go to those now. But if you would like to talk on air, I'd love to speak to you. 66 13 68 is the number, and Alex Brindley is ready and waiting to take that call. Ian has been in touch to say the same thing crops up every time the mountain is closed, whether for bad weather or the TT, or they just fancy closing it while they polish the road surface to get ready for TT. The issue is the lights at Ballacrane. All that's required is to alter the sequence to let the huge queue through through from Glen Helen, there are only a few vehicles at the other side of the lights. It should be possible in this age of computing. Um, certainly, Ian, I think there was a little bit of a, a backlog of traffic there this morning, and it would seem to to tie in with obviously the fact that the Mountain Road was closed. A uh, message to say, please ask Julian, who is on at the start of the programme, to talk about his sister dying. If he's ever had a loved one live as an adult baby, not able to do anything for themselves or even communicate. No dignity, no life at all, total suffering. It's horrific and nobody should have to live like that. Personal choice. 
In relation to the motorcycle instructor complaining that he's losing business due to the lack of gritting, can I just say anyone learning to ride a motorcycle in extreme weather really do need to rethink and leave the bikes at home until the weather's better. The gent is moaning for the sake of it, says Pete. Um, just about every call a show we get the same people with their boring opinionated ramblings do they have access to man and line phone number that is answered I have no joy in getting a response and give up after four to five minutes of unanswered calls honestly there is nobody phoning at the moment if you'd like to talk about anything do get in touch 66 13 68 can you ask your listeners says Nicola if they have children and us parents who are stressing over these mock exams and does anyone have the problem and who can help with exam anxiety to stop children switching off shutting down avoiding to do anything with revision any help with this would be great interestingly Nicola we talked about this with the students at QE2 yesterday and I had talked about um, exam stress because the year 11s there are going through their GCSE mocks at the moment and I think there is a lot of pressure and I think perhaps hearing sometimes just how much easier exams are nowadays compared to how they used to be probably doesn't help. Um, but this is certainly, for, for this tranche of students going through, their first real uh, experience, I guess, of sitting formal exams and it can be really stressful. So if anybody's got any exam advice to pass on to Nicola and to really hopefully reach out to her child who is uh, trying to get through the exams as well as possible, that would be absolutely great. Uh, what are we saying here? The surface dressing on the country roads that Mr Glover talks about. He might want to go and have a look at these roads after half a winter. Massive potholes and sections of the newly laid surface in Mackled and Patrick already. They are worse than they were before they were treated and will cost a fortune to put right. Uh, please could Max Radio ask a representative of the Fire Brigade to read out the facts on problems putting fires out on electric vehicles. Really good one. We will um, forward that one and see if we can get an answer for you because clearly that uh, is something we've been asked about a couple of times. Please, can you ask the DOI if the workforce has been reduced to a third? How much of a reduction has there been in the number of people in the DOI management? That is from Graham. Uh, we can go to the lines now. I've got Mike, who also wants to talk about the DOI. Good afternoon. Hello, Beth. Um, Greece me to say this, but I'm actually going to support um, the DOI's Basically, the blokes, you can't complain about the blokes. But also, as I've said before, I used to live on the Lambourne Downs. Now, I lived in a village that was halfway up the hill. We had four roads into the village. And the main A420 from Swindon to Oxford is three miles away. Every time it snows, that village gets cut off for three week, uh, three days, regardless, because their priority is the main roads. We know this. We all go to the pub. There's no gas in the village. The publican actually has to provide a hot meal for every pensioner, even if it's only soup. It seems to me that everybody expects too much. I used to drive 25 miles through Wiltshire Plains to get from Sunderland to Devizes when I was younger in the snow. You just got on with it. I used to be a motorcycle instructor again in Swindon. And we'd be out at 10 o'clock at night because it was an evening school. Frost coming down, we'd be covered in frost on our black leathers. We still used to go out with people. People expect too much. That's my opinion. An interesting opinion. Thank you so much, Mike. Um, how do you change that, though, do you reckon? <sighs> I really don't know. Um, now, 
on the bike instructors thing, it may be the insurance. He's not allowed to go out now in the weathers that we used to. Um, we get milder weather here than I used to get there, and they get milder weather in the UK than they used to. Maybe his insurance won't cover him if somebody comes off. Um, it's a good good training if you if you can stay upright. I mean, I used to go to work in snow, on ice, on a motorbike. You just got on and did it. Um, I, I, I don't know. People just, they get too much nowadays, and they got instant access to complain too easily, if that makes any sense. Great point. Thank you very much indeed, Mike. Lovely to talk to you this lunchtime. Thank you very much for getting in touch. What do you reckon about what Mike was saying there? Do we expect too much these days? Do we complain too easily? We probably wouldn't have a programme if you didn't, so I don't mind some complaints. 166-177-studio at manxradio.com. You can text and email me as well. A message from a sunny peel. The DOI does a great job gritting. They don't have a huge salt cellar in the sky to cover the whole island in 10 minutes. All the gritters available were out the night before, then from 5 in the morning the next day, with some miles of roads to cover, let alone the then thousands of miles of the town roads, lanes, pavements, car parks, estates, harbours, airports, etc. How on earth, says this texter, can anyone expect it all to be done at once? Do people expect there to be 50 gritters at 70-odd grand to go, sitting there doing nothing for 51 weeks of the year? Get a grip, people, and get off the DOI's back. All the time, it is unnecessary. Uh, message from Texter ending in 775 regarding the poor condition of our roads and tax revenue. There are many, many cars here which are not even Manx registered and have been over the time to re-register here by years, not weeks. So why aren't people checking these vehicles which are getting away with all the responsibility on our roads? It is not safe. It is not fair. This extra income is needed here for the maintenance of our roads. These cars probably aren't insured either. So if they get into an accident, the other party suffers. Interesting thought there. Thank you very much, Crystal. Again, some interesting questions to put to the DOI because, again, that's a, a perception. We do hear that quite a lot about the number of non-Manx registered cars over here. So it'd be interesting to find out what the figures were, if there's any possibility. Richie says, the faded road markings on the main castle town to Douglas Road through Santon are a dangerous disgrace. They would have been put there for a reason, to ensure traffic doesn't stray into a dangerous position while turning right or overtaking. One day soon, there will likely be a serious accident at the junction between this road and the Mount Murray turnoff. There is a bus stop on the corner which can mean overtaking traffic meets turning traffic head on and has to swerve or break sharply. Thanks very much, Richie. Uh, Dick's been in touch to say, I know Max Radio only follows the information given to you by the police about road closures and accidents, etc. But time after time, and again today, King Edward Road from the Liverpool Arms down the coast was wrongly called the Groudle Road, which is off Harbour Road and goes by Onken Golf Course. For nearly two hours this morning, they kept saying go down the wrong road and then they said the wrong road was shut. I know it was busy, but you would expect the police to get it right. It didn't help, says Dick, that the matrix sign there wasn't updated. But worse is Garth commissioners have never put a road sign up at the junction with the right name of the road on it. I think to be fair to the police, they did apologise. They did say, hands up, we made a mistake there. And I think sometimes, especially when it's so busy, it seemed to be really busy this morning, didn't it? It's um, understandable mistakes happen. Occasionally, we make them here ourselves. But we will always put our hands up and say, sorry, we got something wrong. And uh, hopefully somebody can put us right. Uh, there's a message from Asif to say David Quirk was in government when this Liverpool landing stage was agreed in 2010 when they told us it would be free the man has no right to blame anybody but himself and the government he was in for this Tony has been in touch to say at 11 o'clock last night I drove from Douglas to Ramsey on the coast road the gritters had been out and the road was almost completely carpeted with salt so people need to check their facts before posting
Uh, David Quirk, what happens when Hesham silts up? And it will. That boat is our lifeline. Please give the DOI a break, says his text ending 535. As we have just heard, staff is a third of that 10 years ago. There are only so many gritter vehicles. They can only do so much in a short time. Also, these workers have already done a full day at work before they go out manning the gritters. Ten years ago at the DOI, you had eight men looking down the hole watching one mad digly. No, dig madly. Now it's only five looking into the hole. Uh, and wonder why the DOI get a bad name. For example, if you report a hole in the road by your gate saying they won't repair the one three foot or so away. That was uh, from JK, presumably speaking from personal experience. Uh, Mary wants to know where are the local commissioners in this? Always want the power and no disbanding, but don't want to know when local issues like ice on the roads in their areas are going on and they don't want to spend money. That's from Mary. Lack of money, not for some projects, says Texter ending 418. DEFA is advertising for climate change partners. There are four posts with salaries of up to £48,000 a year. What a total waste of money. That's from Big Rog. Um, Beth, if it's any help with a salt gritter, there's a website which sells the stuff from our government. It's got fire engines on for sale. I saw this on my friend's phone while Googling for machinery on Isle of Man government auctions. They're selling all sorts of stuff from the airport as well. Can I buy a plane? Uh, Mary says farmers get their roadside hedges cut by DOI for free here. What makes you think they would go out of their way to grit roads unless a huge payout? Marty in Laxey, I work for the DOI and all I've had is complaints. We are trying. However, you cannot control the weather, so give it a rest. Um, this is a text to ending 313. People who don't know how to drive in the snow, spinning their wheels and then blocking roads is not helpful. I think that's an interesting point, isn't it? Um, and I think it would be incredibly useful to learn how to drive in all sorts of different conditions. I hold my hands up that um, maybe occasionally I've had to seek advice about how to drive in certain conditions. Not very often. The basic problem, says Paul with the DOI, is no joined up writing departments within departments. A lot of these groups have no interest in talking to each other other than it's a broken department. Whoever joined all these departments is the main culprit, but they will never be held accountable. Thank you very much indeed, Paul. Ted wants to know, I'm just wondering why we don't have central heating oil reserves on Ireland. Surely it would be a good idea in the light of this latest oil crisis that's hitting the island at the moment. Always good to have a backup, especially when we are an island. Texter ending in 209 says, I am tired and embarrassed about the vicious complaining going on about the effects of the snow. When did the Manx people get so self-centred and inconsiderate? I thought the DOI, police, civil defence, etc. did a great job with the resources they have under the circumstances and we don't often get these conditions. Just listening to the man in line, I can confirm the old Castletown Road is on the DOI gritting routes as this road is classified as a secondary and important commuter route. That is from Alan from the DOI. Thank you very much indeed for clarifying that, Alan. Uh, what about a grit tracker with app like the buses, uh, says Texter, ending in 456. The last caller, Mike, talked common sense. It's too easy to moan and groan, and it seems that Chinese whispers are often powerful. I heard, but I cannot say where it came from. Enough. Get on without and think positive, not negative. Texter Enning223 wants to know when Onken commissioners are going to weed and repair the footpaths on Groudle Road. Um, and then I don't see why we don't have tarmac. Uh, we don't. Why don't we have salt into the tarmac when it's laid? That's from Tim Baker. 
I don't know. Is that a possibility? And um, I don't think it probably would be. And Keith says, there is a huge problem with today's society. Too many kids going to university and coming out with half-useless degrees, which makes them not good enough to be doctors, but too good to fill potholes, or so they think. That is from Keith. And a message from Michael uh, saying, in 2013, Eddie Tears government scrapped the grant system where people could apply for grants to repair damp and cold homes. These grants covered faulty roofs, windows, underground penetrating damp, external masonry, replacement boilers. Michael says, I've written about it many times, including to Chris Thomas, the minister for the DIY, and I've got nowhere. People, says Michael, are living in damp, cold homes that need these grants, and there are none with no intentions of reinstating them. It affects the poor, elderly, and the ill and we need a decent housing stock before expecting people to move over here. I think for the first time ever I've actually got through all the texts and emails so if I have missed any huge apologies I will go through and just double check Uh, but just worth stating again that lots of questions asked about the DOI and I did put them to the department and uh, we are promised a response. We did have that uh, statement from the DOI a little bit earlier which did just clarify that the problems encountered last night and this morning were localised showers of hail, rain fell overnight onto treated surfaces which washed away or diluted the salt. The temperature then dipped causing the road surface to freeze and the problem was compounded by rain then falling onto the frozen road surface and then Alan from the DOI got in touch just to say that uh, that route that was um, said wasn't gritted actually was gritted. Uh, a couple more messages. Jill says it took me so long to pass my test. I did drive in all weathers. Um, and there's a, a message also from somebody which unfortunately has come in so many bits that I can't actually read it. Um, that's about it for today's programme. Thank you so much for all your comments, thoughts and questions. Thank you especially if you took the time to talk to me on air. Um, we are going to be back tomorrow at midday. Thank you very much indeed to Alex Brinley, who is producing today's programme. It will be very shortly available as a podcast and you'll be able to find that at maxradio.com and listen back at your leisure. If you think of something while we're not here and you want to get it off your chest in the meantime, 682631. That is the out of hours man in line number. And it's great if you leave us a message because it's always good to hear your opinions, play them out in air. So that's a great way of doing it. Christy D is up next with one to three. So whatever you're doing for the rest of your afternoon, have a great one and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.